Hey, it's Todd uh, coming to you from the Sports Review and uh, Spirituality Library here in Verona, Wisconsin, in my apartment. And um, the thing about this is that I love doing these reviews, and I'm going to do one right now on a, uh, on a team that I don't know a hell of a lot of the players on when I go through it. Um, so I'm glad I'm doing it, I guess. We got the Royals right here from 19. 1923. I was thinking about the Royals in the 19, uh, the teams they had in the 80s and 90s and, uh, the power that these guys had on turf and the, and the fast players and, uh, you know, and then they came around to 2014 when they, uh, just got edged out by the uh, by the Giants, and then when they beat the Mets in 2000, uh, 2015, I believe it was. So you know, this team is this team is got a lot of the same characteristics that those teams did back then. They got a lot of young players that are playing their way into the roster, and um, you know, a lot of young players back then. We know them as Mustakas, Hosmer. We stuck his Hosmer and a, and a hell of a lot of good pitching. But, uh, so that's what I've got to say about that. So let's get to know these guys. And we're going to start out with MJ Melendez. He's a catcher. So he's a, uh, he's a catcher. He's average and mediocre to best. And, uh, you know, he's just a good guy there for uh, Salvatore, Salvatore to, uh, to to train. Because that's what they're going to be looking for. They're going to be looking for uh, somebody to replace the big sale. By the way, he's, Salvatore Perez is the best catcher not only in not only in Royals history but right up there with the uh, MLB history also because of his longevity and and the way he plays the game so the thing is is this MJ Melendez is like I said he's uh he's all uh, he's all He's a lot of field and no hit, from what I can see. But he's just he's a mediocre offensive player too, and um, he's 24 years old and he he bats left, he throws right. Isn't that amazing? You all catches throw right. Um, <clears throat> but I think that. Uh, there's a reason behind all that, so. And. Let's go on to the next one. Next guy here. Alright, I'm going to go on to uh, Sal Perez here for the last minute. He's been around for a long time and all that. 
know, he's, he's not he's not senior citizen yet, but he is getting to have some serious he's dealing with some serious issues, serious ailments, but uh, you know, not last year but the year before, he was incredible. I believe he had forty eight bombs in the uh in the twenty one two thousand twenty one season. And he's always been the best he's always been one of the best fielding catchers fielding catchers that there's ever been. Um it's it's because of his uh his leadership too is really uh is really gives him a lot to the game. And that's the thing that we look for is for catchers for leadership. And you know, it's it helps too is like with a guy like Melendez on board that you can sit there and you can train him and he can become the uh he become become Salvatore Perez. Salvatore. Salvador Perez, sorry about that. Okay, say so sometimes sometimes my uh pronunciation it gets left in the back of the bus, so it's not very good sometimes, but I try. Yeah, this guy, Perez is incredible, and the other thing I marvel at is he's is, is 6'3", 255 pounds, and he can move behind the plate like, it's unbelievable the way how, how big this guy is. You don't see catchers this big anymore. It reminds me of like Lance Parrish when he was with the Tigers back in Motown in the early 80s. Early 80s and then early uh, 90s. So yeah, Perez has been around since the 11, 2011. And um, yeah, he's also, he's, he's done a great job with him. And 21, he had 100 61 games, 600, 620 at-bats. He uh, homered 48 times. Struck out a little bit, but that's what comes with the home runs, as we all know, as from the home run era. And, like I said, he's got a... Uh, His career OPS is 764. Um, he's drawn it into a few double plays, I can tell you that much. <laughs> so, you can be playing some first base too. Seems like today when you have a, uh, I'll, it says everyday catcher. There's a there's an asterisk that says he plays first base too, so he's probably gonna play like maybe I don't know. You see these guys, they play like he plays. He play maybe like he play maybe like half his games at first and half his games behind the mound, or half his games at first, and probably play. Um, probably only playing about 25 to 30% of the games behind the plate, if any at all, you know, 
Well, things are going to be DH too, so. He had a good spring. And, um, you know, 860 in OPS in the spring, so, you know, it's, it's not all bad. Like I said before, he's got a, uh, he's pretty damn good, I know that much. They make such a big deal out of catchers now, and, uh, you know, they say, oh, this guy's coming up. You gotta see him put, you gotta see him catch. Well, reality is, no, I don't, because usually, usually they're overhyped, and, uh, until they get up and start taking on the, the workload of being a catcher, then that's what, that's what's gonna keep you, uh, that's what causes a lot of, uh, a lot of indecision with managers is where they should be, how they should be handling the pitching staff and how, most of all, who should be handling the pitching staff too. So, let's go on to the next guy if it allows me to. All right. Grigio 2, first base. Finney Pasquantino was the next guy that's up here. And everyday first base. Twenty-five years old. He's out of Richmond. Bats left, and he throws left. So he's good. So he can handle himself behind the at first base. Six-four, two-forty-five. But he's also been moved around with uh, probably with Perez too. And. I believe he's a pretty good offensive, pretty good defensive catcher too, but so this guy's gonna be good for your fantasy team too, so keep an eye on him. He's probably just you're probably just gonna want him to be on the bench at first, but um I do have this to say. Why did the Twins change their original logo to a freaking Mickey Mouse logo? That, that goofy-looking M on the hat, that's what got me. It's like, why would you do, do that? Maybe I just don't know. Maybe it's some special thing they do on opening day or something, but I just thought it looked really offbeat. So in 2022, Pescantino, 2.6 fantasy points a game. I had 258 at bats, 76 hits, 10 doubles, 
10 home runs, 35 walks, and yes, 34 strikeouts. Excellent. 832 OPS. He said he had 10 home runs and uh, 258 bats, which is pretty darn good. Drawn into nine double plays, which is one of the negatives to give with him. He's full first baseman. And he played. All right. So that's what we got for Vinny. That's what we got for Pasquitino. I like that guy. I like his name, too. Look at his stats. I like his height. All right, on to second base. We go. This guy's going to be Michael Mackey, or Michael Massey, sorry. He's the right, he's the rookie second baseman this year for the uh starting out for the Royals. And let's see what the heck he's got going on. Alright, well he's number nineteen in the scorebook and he's number number one in your heart if you're a Royals fan. Um Alright, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Can you believe that one? But anyways, <laughs> projections this year are 319.5 fantasy points. Okay, we know that. But I'm going to skip right over that part. But I'm going to skip right and go right to the uh, 492 at best. Just say he's going to play 130 games. He's going to have 54 runs scored, 132 hits, 29 doubles, 2 triples. Uh, he's going to have 32 walks, 9-11 stolen bases. This is all, all projection. So it's, it's not true stats. 752 OPS, they say he's going to have. So anyways, all right, I'm going to skip right down to the... Uh, he played 52 games last year as a rookie. He had 173 at-bats, 42 hits, scored 16 runs, 9 doubles, 1 triple, 4 home runs, and uh, 683 OPS. So the new, st uh, new system again. It's just bringing more speed back to the game. Less power, more speed. Natural natural positioning instead of playing softball. And um, this guy's going to be a, uh, this guy's going to play first base, second base for a while in Kansas City. 
I don't know if he's giving the next Frank White or not, but uh, I don't think anybody else does either. So that's what I really like about uh, you know it, it, it's amazing how fast this uh, time in my life has gone and how they were old, the Royals positioning players like Brett and White and and uh, some of these guys that I played for a while with them. Could uh could seriously play in an era like this, especially especially Brett and White because of their 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 uh, ability to uh, field. Frank White's one of the best fielders that's ever come across a uh, artificial turf. You know, and think about artificial turf though is that yeah, it's faster on the infield, the ball and faster in the infield, but there is a lot more true, but truly good hops. You know, like. It wasn't going to take a bad hop unless it hit one of those seams. So you just didn't know where the seam was when you were playing. And, uh, anyways. But, uh, you know, I, I enjoy these. Uh, one of the things that the Royals have done really well is they have not given up their traditional power, their traditional uniforms. And, um, Pretty much the same thing. It's the light baby blue with the KC on the hat like it's always been. And uh, there's no all this, there's none of this crazy looking hat stuff going on. You know, they, they, who's, who's done that, they need to do away with that, but they're not going to because you know what? It sells a lot of freaking, sells a lot of hats, a lot of, a lot of jerseys, a lot of, a lot of marketing in a, uh, in a, in a, in a when you got to pay for these, pay, pay the players a lot. <laughs> Unbelievable. But, so yeah, it's just like one of those things, you know, if the guy wants to own a ball team, he better have some, uh, he better have some change to throw around too. So, instead of manhole covers. Yeah, I can kind of do ADHD style here, as I like to say. And uh, going back to uh, Hunter Dozier, he's supposed to be the backup. Uh, he's a back. He's a third baseman, but he's plays plays quite a few different. I don't know if he's played first base, and I played. He's played first base in his life. You know, he's played a lot of. he's played some second, but most of his most man, his most. Played position is going to be a third base. So, this guy's pretty, uh, he's done pretty good for Minnesota. <laughs> Not those guys with the Mickey Mouse uniforms, talking about the Kansas City Royals. All right. Yeah, he's a, uh, I'm not going to go through too many of his projections because there's really not much to project off him. You know, he's, he's been around for a while. He's, um, he's going back into being, he's either going to be a utility player or, you know, play a little third, play, put the little DH in. He's a right-handed hitter. He's got that ability to be a, uh, 
got the ability to be come off the bench and get you a key hit here and there and gotta set his OPS is six eighty for or I'm sorry, six seventy nine for last year, six eighty for twenty twenty one. Talk about being consistent. And uh he is consistently in a downward slide. 2019, his OPS was uh, 870, 737 at 21, 20, I'm sorry, let me go through this again, 870 in 2019, and in 
got restricted power and he's not, you know, he's, well, he's got a decent glove and uh, he can get a hit once in a while. And that's pretty much what they ask him, but they kill the infield, you know. Well, back in the, uh, I always like what they used to call the uh, utility infielders for the Brewers back in the day. And uh, back in the, especially the 82, 81 and 82 seasons, they used to call them, they used to call them the shop crew. And uh, I pretty much meant they, they cleaned up for everybody at the end of, this, at the, end of the shift. So yeah, this is gonna be a uh it's gonna be a year for the or this is gonna be a year for the Royals of developing players. Like this guy is a uh he's got a five fifty four OPS for Lopez. Like I said, I don't see him being in the Hall of Fame anytime soon. There's another guy here too that I, I thought I would catch on sooner or later. His name's Matt Duffy. Yeah, I think the Royals were smart to bring him over because of his uh of his experience. He's got seven years of experience so far. Six two, one seventy. He's born in Long Beach, California. So All right, this is where I see with Matt Duffy. I don't know if I'm wrong or not, and this is, but I do like the way he uh, he plays a lot of positions, and he plays a lot of positions, and a uh, these projections of a uh, six eighty six OPS for this year. Um. He's got a 2.3 fantasy rate. He's having 2.3 fantasy points a, a game. And um, so in 22, he was with the Angels. And playing 77 games. Six nineteen OPS. He can do better than that. Yeah. Yeah, it's his career low for old no. Yeah, it's pretty much his career low. He started out with the Giants, went to Tampa Bay. Went on to do uh it must be the he must have spent twenty twenty in the uh to say he's with the Yankees, but I don't even think he was in Tampa. For uh, for the developmental cab, so he must be spent. Uh, he must have been out of out of baseball, out of loop for a year. And twenty one with the Cubs, you had OPS of seven thirty eight. So it looks like he had pretty much uh, 
He had less. He had less to pass with the uh, with the Angels because probably because of poor performance. So what I see is the fact that he is a. Uh, say he's a third baseman here, and say he's a backup third baseman, and I've known him to play quite a few different positions too. So that's the thing that baseball gives me the blessing to uh, being able to read and look at stats, look at numbers, and you know, and, and come up with somewhat of a baseball card and analyzation of a of a player. And I'm going to save the best player for last on the infield, Bobby Witt. He's six feet one, 190 pound, age 22, out of Collegeville, Texas. Scott, you know, his dad, Bobby Witt, was a pitcher in the Rangers and they played pitched for the Rangers in the A's. And uh, he was a phenom when he came up. But I believe it was 1988. They opened or 86. They opened with the Brewers, and uh, you know what was just throwing incredible gas back then. Anyways, he was he was hitting a hundred on the radar gun. When a hundred was a hundred, that's when it was a hundred. And I just want to say is that I get I don't know, get animated or annoyed or people keep talking about oh it throws a hundred miles an hour you know and but they're they're doing what they're saying is they're saying the comparing the pictures of uh 80s 90s and 2000s to these guys that get their have a different radar they the it's, the radar has a it has them with a ball coming out of their hand right now, you know, instead of the ball going across the plate, what's going on coming across the plate. And that's what matters. That's what the batter's seeing. But so it looks like a hundred miles per hour. Well, yeah, it's hundred miles per hour coming out of his hands. But when he gets to the plate, it's only about 97. So it slows, you know, so the batter gets a little bit more of a look. Now, if that, if that ball's coming in and they're at home plate, and that ball is at a hundred. That's overpowering. It's not the hundred mile per hour they say now, because that's about ninety five back in the day. And um, you know, and I just I don't want to be the uh, curmudgeon of baseball, and you know, I'm just saying there's just a discrepancy there between between what uh, radar guns, what the uh, I remember when I was down in Boyd, I went to a lot of games down there when a fielder and Gwen and all those guys were coming in. And um, it was pretty amazing how they used it. The first round pick for the Brewers was a guy named Mike Jones. And I used to sit by the pitchers for quite a few years and because they would sit back there and they would uh, gun the pitchers what they were throwing at and how how they were throwing, and they'd write like all these notes and stuff like that. 
down for scouting notes and uh, to give back to the manager of what they saw because and the boy it was they always had a lower uh, seat where you could sit behind home plate. Where you could sit behind home plate, or you could sit up in the stands. And it was always fun for me to go sit behind home plate with them because you know I could ask them questions about that, and that was one of the questions I asked. You know, why is he throwing ninety one when it says in my book he can throw ninety four? And they told me that hey, you know he's. He's probably throwing 94 miles per hour the way they were, they were radaring back then, but he's only throwing um, 891 with these, so we have old radar guns. So, I, I learned a lot of baseball down there. It was, it was baseball 101 for me down there, and it was a lot about the game. A lot of stuff I didn't know, even though I had watched the game for, many, for my whole life. And, um, you know, it's been good for me. It's good for me to see those guys down there. And you know, I saw I saw uh, I saw a lot of good players down there. I saw an MVP. I saw some Cy Youngs, and uh, sat with a lot of general, some of the few general managers too, and picked their brains and picked the brains of the umpire, uh, chief umpire critic, or the head of the umpires, and um, unbelievable. Plus, I sat with the commissioner of Midwest League, George Spelius, and that was that was entertainment too. So we've got a 763 OPS per wet as projected. Let me get down. He's 722 in his rookie year, like I said, and uh, 30 stolen bases, 30 walks. 135 strikeouts, which in reality, <laughs> shots that bad. So he had a uh, he had a pretty good rookie year, and you know he's, I believe he's gonna have a, a pretty good rookie year. I believe he's gonna come back and have an even better uh, sophomore year, two year career or whatever you call it. Yeah, he's he's twenty. He's he's very young and. Uh, it helps to be a, it helps to be a ball player's son because you kind of, you understand what it's going to take to be a ball player in a major league or how much time and, uh, you know, how you hear, how you spend three days here and go on the road so you go on a trip and, uh, you know, you can spend three days at home, playing at home, at home, but then when you go on the road, you're going to, you're gonna be you're gonna be on the road for about ten. Sometimes they have twelve game road trips, you know. And that means you're gone for two weeks. But you know, and that's what you get paid for. So either either put up or you shut up, right? What we have up next is, uh, I went through Hunter Dozier already. They got him playing third base, but I just don't see it. I don't see him playing third base that much this year. I believe they're going to be uh, bringing somebody up that's been hot down in the minors, or they're going to be uh, 
making a trade. Edward Oliveris. 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 Right field. And anyways, he's a big pen prospect in your organization too, and and um Six two hundred and eighty-six pounds. He's out of Caracas, Venezuela. Two years experience. Right hand bat, right hand thrower. Uh, we'll see what he did last year. Last year, he had 1.9 fantasy points. He had 161 at bats. He had uh, four dangers. He walked 10 times and 161 at bats. Horrible, in my eyes, anyways. And he uh, he struck out 36 times. That's not that bad. Pretty good, actually, for nowadays. He has 743 OPS, 410 slugging. Twenty-one was is more of the same. Five homers, 697 OPS. Um, he's been gradually getting better as uh, time has been going on because when he, he Came up in 2020, 2021, and 2022, but he's improving continuously in offensive numbers. And he's gone from 642, 697, to 743 in OPS. So, you know, his projections go for this year. 730, it really helps to have those type of numbers because Gonna be getting he's he's gonna be getting a lot more of advantage because of these uh what's going on with his uh his numbers back then. All right. Well we're gonna go on to Nathan Eaton. I just wanna take a look at this guy before I get too fired up about him. Right field. Um, it's another one of these guys for the Twins that, or for the Royals, I'm sorry. Yeah. Twenty twenty two is his rookie year, and 
he played in 44 games, 106 at-bats, 28 hits, 16 runs scored, 4 doubles, 3 triples. He had 717 OPS. So it's nothing great, nothing with mediocre, and uh, we'll see what this year brings for him. You know, his projections are His projections are pretty decent, 728 OPS, like I say, he's got a little power, nine home runs and uh, 320 at bats, so, you know, that's not going to lead, that's not going to lead the American League at home runs, but, it's all right. Um, but yeah, this is a, this is the, this is a young team, and you know that's the only way they're going to be able to uh, that's one of the ways that they're going to be able to to function is it's one of the ways they're going to be able to function is by saying it's a young team, you know unfortunately. But the Royals have been young ever since. And they were young back then, too, and they won the World Series. But um, it's just the way it is for them right now. And it seems to be that way in Major League Baseball. And uh, unfortunately, and unfortunately, it's, it, you know, for you to get go out and buy season tickets is kind of foolish for the price of, like, Kansas City or something like that because... They just don't have much. They just don't have much of a ball team, and um, you know, and, and I love the, uh, and I like the outfielders the Royals have too. You know, because they have Kyle Isbell, and he's supposed to be a uh, Montana, California, twenty-six years old, young UNLV. Five foot eleven, one hundred ninety pounds. Yeah, it was a big loss for the Astros when uh, Altuve broke his thumb. But you know they've had a uh, they've had a run here of. An awesome run here, and you know the reality is too. And I look at that, what propelled them even more was the uh, they were beating on garbage cans, and they had, they came down and uh, real hard on them. You think that that was gonna it's gonna take the take the zest, zest right out of them? It didn't. They came back and were in the World Series one year, and then they won the World Series a year later, and. Um, So that's the thing is that, you know, we, we can all project a certain team to do this, but what they come across in a 162 game season, it's no small, it's uh, no luck, you know, it, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot of, uh, they earn it. When you play 162 games a year, they earn it. 
And that's what you got to love about baseball. You know, there are small sample sizes, quite a bit of them actually. But it seems like when they, uh, seems like when they play in a position full time, they're, they start to see what, what they're made of. And, um, let's see, 2022, Ed had a 1.3 fantasy points per game. He had, uh, You know, he only had LPS of 603, so don't get too fired up about this guy. But we'll see what happens when it comes around when the, uh, we'll see what happens, you know, it comes around that new style of play and, you know, for guys like this that, uh, I can play some center field, go get him a center and then Switch around to the other positions. Um, it's a good time for for Kansas City to be developing too, because they don't have their uh, their lineup overloaded with players from uh, players from the Long Ball era. So these kids can go right into the this new era now, and um, you know, there's been some, there's been a lot of change to the game, and it's been, it was fun to watch. It's been fun to watch the uh, these guys having shaving time off the freaking, uh, shaving a lot of time off off the clock for how long a game is. You know, and it makes it a lot more exciting and a lot more uh, entertaining for me because it, it's just a lot less dwaddling like I am right now. You know, I'm telling you what, I'm taking up three games right now just by dwaddling around here. So you know, I'm moving around trying to get some things situated with, you know, trying to get these ads out of the ads out of the site and all that stuff. And but uh, so, anyways. Drew Waters just got, uh, he's on the IL injured list. So, he could back up this year. He's He was a big-time player in the uh, big-time prospect with the Braves system. Um, and, uh, you know, they're, they're going to be, uh, they're going to want to attempt to play him. Maybe, you know, if, even if it's, in AAA and try to see if we can try to get into his potential and see if they can't get something out of that. And the other one too is, uh, President don't call him the windmill, Brand Mill, Brand Mill Reyes. Or maybe they do. Dominican Republic, 6'5", 275, 27 years old, experience. Four years. He's got massive power. But he's just gotta be able to make contact and that's you know, massive power back in last year and was fun, but this year you're gonna want more uh, guys in your roster that can make better contact and be able to move those runners up and be able to move them along. 
So you're not living by the three-run homer anytime, anytime soon. So, you know, the days of uh, Earl Weaver coming back, you know, he used to look for three-run homers. And uh, now it's gone the other way. So, actually, you know what? These Royal or these days, these days now are more like what the Royals were doing back in the uh, when they were winning all the ball games back in the early '80s, actually mid '70s, early '80s, and you know they were playing astroturf baseball and uh, stealing bases and and moving runners off, but most of the ball, you know, they, they did a long ball as well. They have Bo Jackson, they have George Brett, and these guys in your system. And I cannot forget about Bye Bye Balboni because that man could really suck it. That's what it's about for these guys is making uh, making consistent contact. And, um, and unfortunately, what's happened with the day is. So. Played with the Cubs in 118 games played last year, and Cleveland the year before, but he had uh, he averaged 1.8 points fantasy points last year, and he had you know, like 638 LPS for the Cubs, and they're trying to catch lightning. They're trying to get had a good. Uh, Feeling about him going in because of his uh, production. You know, he, he's been in the 800s and uh, 700s up until 2022. Career, career OPS is 781. So let's see, you know, let's see what he can do. And, you know, you're looking at uh, his at bats, 418 at bats, you know, last year too. I'm sorry, the year before. He had 438 at bats last year, and he struck out. Yeah, strikeouts have always been an issue with him. Um, 2022, he struck out 157 times and uh, 438 at bats. So you can do the ratio right there. It just says a lot about him. And he's got to learn how to make more contact so he can hit more home runs. But saying that too is, you know, strikeouts are home strikeouts come with home runs, so you know, literally I used to think of it later last year but last year about this, you know, it's like well, four singles make up for a home run, but uh you don't get four bats at once, so when you get one at bat eight home run, there you go. There's still going to be room for power in the game today. As there was in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. And 80s, but uh, also 90s too. So, there's always been room for power. It's just how you about going about getting that power out of you. And um, if you're, if you're going to have a... Uh, Chris Carter career, like he had, or if you're going to be, uh, and I'm not talking about the wide receiver either, I'm talking about 
I'm talking about the big fellow of the year who led the league in home runs for uh, time for the league in home runs last year. I mean, not last year, but three years ago with the Brewers. And then you don't see him anymore. So that's what I see with, uh, that's what I see with Fran Reyes anyways. I go on to Jackie Bradley Jr. Quite frankly, this guy just dove into the deepest depths of the earth with his batting average. And fortunately, he is a good outfielder, but defense, defense is, uh, let's just put it this way, if they had if, if you had a fantasy team, defense would be not very well. Uh, not, you would not want much defense on your team. So defense doesn't produce numbers. Offense produces numbers, which wins fantasy. So this guy's five foot ten, 198 pounds. Jackie Bradley Jr. is, and he's went to South Carolina. Fast left, he throws right. He's probably one of the best fielders in the game. But like I said, big deal. And uh, he came over to the Brewers in a trade in uh, 2020. In 2021, they let him go. But, uh, you know, he was, he's frustrating because he was, he continuously made outs. Made so many, he, he was pathetic. And being pathetic in Major League Baseball does not win you a lot of games. Like I said, he's... He had, one, so yeah, he had a 163 average for the Brewers that year. And this is in 2021. He had 236 OP. Oh, my God. On base percentage was 236. 261 slugging. And he had a 497. Uh, and a 497, it looks like. Yeah. OPS. And... Um, Last, but when he went to over to Boston, when he was with Boston in 2020, he had an 814 OPS. So, if they could get him back to playing the way he played in Boston, they would be a, uh, yeah, he did, he did well for Boston. Fifteen through twenty. You know, he was like, he was over 300. I'm sorry, he was over 800 three times. And uh, 2014, 2015, and 2020. First of all, they threw him at the Brewer's doorstep. You know, coming off an 814 OPS year. 
It looks pretty good. It looks pretty good for the Brewers. Looks like a good trade. But you never know until they get to the park. You never know. And uh, you can do all the uh, all the number crunching and statistical analyst analyzing. Reality is, is you know, it's what they bring to the park with them, their attitude, their uh, their ability to focus, their ability to concentrate. Um, and sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes, just like all of us, we uh, we have problems with our focus. You know, nobody has 100% focus, but uh, MJ Melendez looks like he's going to be starting the right field. Fran Miller, Fran Miller Reyes is going to be DH. MJ Melendez, DH. I'm trying to see if I've missed anybody here. They're going to have to get somebody different, too, besides uh, Hunter Dozier, too, for being looking for offense because it's not going to happen otherwise. Check the ace of the staff is going to be uh, Brady Singer. And um, I'll go through the, I'll go through these uh, pitchers here. They've got they've done a nice job with the amount of young pitchers they've had, but you know it, it's it gets down to for them too. It, you know they're, they're trying to bring in guys like Jordan Lyles and Zach Granke, guys that are on the last part of their career, and I think it's a good idea in trying to mix them with these. Uh, these young kids that are starting, like uh, Brady Singer and uh, Brad Keller and Daniel Lynch, and, and they have a lot of uh, hope that's out there for Daniel Lynch, but also Brady Singer. So you're looking at uh, for the uh, relief core too. You're looking at Scott Barlow and uh, Rose Chapman as the uh, closers. And his setup would be Dylan Coleman. And the uh, the guys that are taking up innings and trying to get being a middleman is uh, Taylor Clark, Amir Garrett, Jose Cuis, Carlos Hernandez, and uh, Jacob Brents. But I'll go through these guys quick. Um, I'm going to end it right here. I just want to get to a different... Uh, instead of going into that, I'm going to go into the pitchers and have a pitching part too. And hopefully, and I want to get into the prospects too. So, nobody else has told you they love you today. I do. We're back to the part B. Hey, it's Todd coming from you from the Verona Sports and Spirituality Library here in Verona, Wisconsin in my apartment. And it's a museum also because of the uh, of the Gata. And uh, we show cameos every once in a while. So anyways, what we got going here is the fact that I'm doing a preview on the Kansas City Royals. And uh, this is going to be part C of the preview. And it's going to be on the pitching. And see a little bit more hope in the pitching than I do anything else. And... Uh, it's going to be, this is going to be the type of team that they're going to have to develop their arms and then have to surround them better with good players. And uh, they only had one arm in the uh, top five, and it was Ben Kudma. 
He's young. I mean, he's... He's got the ability to be a uh, good pitcher, but is he going to be a star? I don't think so. I don't see it in him. I don't see it in his, uh, in his ability. He's 20 years old, and he's, he's got mediocre to average stuff. And, uh, and I'm going into the pitching right now, so... We're going into the heart of it, and uh, so yeah, this character, this I'm sorry, this Ben Kudma is a person that you know he's he's a good guy that you could interesting to keep an eye on this year to see what he does in the minors because maybe he can take a big jump and um, become the type of player that uh, become the player that. Is going to be needed by the Royals to carry them. They're going to need some stars. And if they don't have the stars, then they're not going to be carried, unfortunately, through the year. And there's a couple guys, too, that I like to watch. And that's, uh, I keep an eye on. I don't know why they got, some of these guys just disappeared and left Kansas City without even, you know, it's, it's unfortunate because I don't think they've, I don't think they were able to work any trades where they could really get any prospects for some of these guys. And it's too bad because I see a lot of, uh, I see a lot of that and, uh, I see a lot of that in, in teams with that struggle, you know, because if you're going to get rid of one of your top stars, it's going to be a free agent. That's cool. But you know what? You gotta be, you might want to be doing that a little bit earlier than what you, when you're doing it. And sometimes they just can't make the right arrangements or make the trade work. But uh, so that's what I, I've seen a lot of. Uh, seen, seen a lot of players come and go that were in trades too, and you know they just don't develop. And you know it's it's not it's not a uh, it's not a guarantee. It's not a guarantee when you get traded either that you're going to turn out to be a. Uh, Big success in that type of, uh, it's no guarantee that you're going to be any type of success as uh, uh, rent of players, what they call it. Um, but I've, I've really enjoyed, uh, you know, like, I remember the Brewers had a guy, and this is going back into the 82. The Dodgers had a pitcher named Don Sutton. And I always go back because, you know, it was when I was growing up and I was like maybe, yeah, I was like eighth grade. So I was probably like, yeah, I was 14. And uh, when the Brewers, when the Brewers acquired him, it was just, it was a major, major trade. And it was fun to see, it was fun to see him come in and, and how he did, and you know, and, and they had everybody had their expectations were gigantic, absolutely gigantic. And unfortunately, he never was able to develop. And uh, I'm sorry, and unfortunately, that the players that were traded for Don Sutton, the only one that developed real well was a guy by the name of Kevin Bass, and the traders were the Astros. Um, 
so it was uh it was one of those trades where you think that you know they you gave up they gave up the farm to get the uh gave up the farm to get the big arm and uh you know sometimes i just uh sometimes i i look at him like i just said i look at teams and go i don't think i would do that trade but you know unfortunately like i said for the royals they didn't get anybody for all these guys that they traded and um you know and perez is an absolutely exceptional catcher i've always liked him and he's a uh, he's a true leader. He's a true catcher. He's got a good. He's good, he had a great year two years ago. Um. So he has the ability to be a to be a superstar. All you know, he's got some more years. He is a superstar. What the heck am I talking about? Sometimes you get real beat up too, and that has a tendency to really affect the numbers. Alrighty, here we go. Zach Granke, right-handed thrower, six foot two, two hundred pounds, born on October twenty first in nineteen eighty three. He's thirty nine years old. You know he. Uh, he pitched pretty good last year, you know. And he had 26 games started, he had 37 innings, 73 Ks and a 1.34 whip. Um, yesterday he was, uh, he started the first game for the uh, Royals, five and third, four strikeouts and a 1.31 whip. Uh, you know, he's gonna be, he's gonna pitch real good for these guys. And, you know, he's, he's back in town. The first time he was there, he had a lot of problems with, uh, I think it's PTSD or you know, stage fright or whatever. But I'll tell you one thing that he's done, he did the right things. He saw a psychiatrist and he was able to pull himself back together. And he has, he has the uh, his ability to be a leader for this team. Not only the pitchers, the hitters too. Been around the block. He did a very, very good job with the Brewers back when they, uh, back when they were working well in the, uh, I think it was 2011. So, going on to number two, Jordan Lyles. Another ex-brewer. Did a great job for the brewer still when he was pitching. He was an Astro. He was an Astro pick in the 38th slot of the 2008 draft. Uh, he is, he's 40. He's an old man. He's 33 years old. Actually, he's in a prime. That's what you usually see with these guys.
So he was with the Pirates back in 2019, and he struggled. He was uh, five wins and seven losses with a 5.36 ERA, and 82 and a third, 88 hits. So he went to the Brewers, is what happened. And I think this says a lot about Chris Hook. You got over the Brewers. <laughs> wow. You got over the Brewers. He was uh, 2.45 ERA in 11 games started. 58 and two thirds. He had 43, 43 hits. He had uh, there's a lot about him. He's I think he had. He has the type of stuff that he had a sinker, and he's gone. He had these guys are hitting two or two off when he was with the Brewers, and he had a one point one one whip. But he also had a, a point seven two um, air outside flyouts. The thing was, was that when he went back to Texas, huge mistake. He started nine games, 57 and two-thirds. He got ripped. He had, they hit 285 off him. He had a 1.56 whip. 5.6 whip. So, you know, sometimes if you find something good, you got to stick with it. Something's working for you like that. You know, you just don't think you got better. You jump at some money. Well, sometimes that doesn't work out so good. You know, he's gone back to having a horseshit career, and uh, I don't think it's ever going to happen for him because uh, he's getting, like I say, he's 33 years old. So he might want to find Brad Hook. He might want to find uh, Mr. Chris Hook again. Hook, line, and sinker. Brad Keller's the next guy. Mr. Brad Keller. Six feet five, 255 pounds, age 27. He's a big dude. Um, and he looks solid is what I'm seeing in his pictures too. He looks solid. He's not, uh, he's not carrying a gut or nothing on him. Um, last year he struggled. He was uh, six, he had six wins last year, but that doesn't mean anything. 5.09 ERA, 35 games, 22 games started, 139 and two thirds and 102 strikeouts. Again, a 1.5 whip. So, he's been around since 2018. He had a, uh, his rookie year, his rookie year was the, his best because he was, He had a 3.08 ERA and uh, had five holes. Started 20 games, um, 140 and a third. He only gave up seven home runs. And um, these guys are hitting a lot more home runs off him too. And as the as his, you know, and more. He, he, They're hitting a lot more home runs off, let's just put it that way. And his rookie year was his best year. And unfortunately, he has not been able to, uh, he's not been able to find it. 
the ERAs and the five and everything else. You know, it's just not finding it consistently. It's not going to happen for you. Unfortunately. Next guy, Brady Singer. He was the 18th overall pick out of Florida in uh, 2018. He had a 3.23 ERA last year, 27 games, 24 games started. Threw in 153 and a third and 150 strikeouts. This guy did well last year. Um, he definitely seems like he might be the ace. Well, um, he, went to, he went to the University of Florida, played in SEC. Finalist for the Golden Spikes. He's the second Baseball America Player of the Year the Royals have had when Alex Gordon was the first one. Well, that's the way I feel is that So what I feel is that he's going to be their ace and he's somebody they can build around. And he's going to be... He's just going to be a solid pitcher, you know, and, and a guy that can put out there and he's going to do a good job for him and they don't have to, uh... They don't have to stress about his, uh... his worthiness with the team. Chris Bubick. Number 50, Royals. Six foot three, 225, 08, 19, 1997. Six foot three, 225, like I just said. He struggled last year like major. He started 27 games, but he had a, uh, yeah, he had a whip of 1.7. Um, I know they had a lot of high expectations for him. And he was in college, he was at Stanford. And he was picked in the number 40 position. Um, yeah, he, uh, he had a pretty solid, he had nine quality starts in 21. Well, it's been 248 off him and 21 I'm going through. Last year, he just fell apart. And, um, like I said, he seems to be a, uh, seems to be a free spirit. Must be a color commentator, and Jay's golfing, listening to music, playing guitar. He might be, he might be coming, uh, becoming a sport broadcaster a little bit, uh, a little bit earlier than he wants to be. So, you know, it's, it's, baseball is a funny thing, and sometimes when the seasons can really get screwed up, but then it can get it back together and and pitch good. You know, I'm, there's a lot to learn when you come into Major League Baseball. It's, it's talent, but it's also the fact that you have to be available to learn. 
to be to be able to do your job and be it appropriately and be on the team and do it appropriately. So there's nothing really there's no black magic to this. Now Daniel Lynch, six feet uh six two hundred. He's on the DL. I don't know what what's going on with him. Um struggled last year, twenty seven games started, so just like Chris Bubich. Bubich. 131 and two thirds, 122 strikeouts, and uh, 1.57 walk, 1.57 whip. Career whip is 1.59. Yeah, he's, he, he gives up a lot of hits, he gives up a lot of runs. And, um,. Maybe he'll uh maybe he'll come back maybe he'll come back together, come into the uh come into his own. Just, these guys take sometimes these guys take time, man. It takes time for them to learn, for them to get used to doing certain things. You look at you look at Zach Rankey, you look at some of the other guys too that you know, that I've seen come into the come into the majors. You know, look at you know, Roy Halliday was another one too. He struggled early in his career, and then all of a sudden he just grasped it and got it going. And uh, sometimes just getting that extra, making, making an, an effort to learn an extra pitch, it can be uh, it can be very, 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 very rewarding when it comes to the uh, when it comes to the contract again. So. All right, so we're going to Scott Barlow. He's going to be the closer. Lynch is on the injured list for 15 days. That's right. It's a, uh, Scott Barlow is going to be the... Looks like he's going to be working on the bullpen with these guys, closer. And uh, I know I've seen him pitch before. He's nasty. Um Nasty, nasty, just like Scoots McGoose is what they call him. Good nickname. 2011 Dodgers, sixth round pick, 194th overall. Great year last year in 59 games, or 69 games. 2.18 ERA and 24 saves. 77 strikeouts and a 1.00 whip. Um. Looks like he came into his own last year too, a little bit too. Actually, it was the year before he started really going to town. 2021, he was at a 2.42 whip. Pitched 71 games. 14 holes, 16 saves, 22 opportunities. Last year, he had six holes and his 24 out of 28 saves. So he's. He's definitely got the ability to come in and get that a vital strikeout. He struck out 91 in 74 innings and 21 and 22. He struck out 77 in uh, 77 and 22 innings. No, 77 and 22 walks. I'm sorry. And he uh, he pitched 74 innings, 21, 74 innings and 22. So you're looking at. 
you're looking at a uh, a hell of a weapon back there in that bullpen because even in uh, 22 he had a 198 average against 220 down from 223 and 21. Um, man, he's never been. He's always been in the bullpen. He's uh, he's always been in the bullpen. He's always done a very He's done, he's done good work in the last two years, that's for sure. And uh, it seems like he's he has a lot of uh, has a lot of, he throws a lot of pitches for uh, you know thirteen hundred pitches, twelve twenty three, eleven ninety eight for a reliever. So hopefully they can uh, they can keep using him in high in high stress levels of, of pitching, like closing. Now they just have to find some. Oh, they just have to find some starters who can pitch. Um, Amir Garrett, same thing. So, Amir Garrett is. Uh, Played at St. John's basketball. That's where I remember him at, and you know, and, and he's been. He's supposed to be this great prospect for the Reds. You know, he's tall. He's uh, got a mean look to him. He had a debut it was 04, 07, 2017. But yeah, he, he struggled a little. I can look at his stats now, and I can see his uh, where he when he was, you know, with the Reds and stuff like that. Uh, he had one good year, and two good years in twenty nineteen and twenty twenty. And twenty two holds in uh, twenty nineteen. So in twenty twenty one too, they went into the bullpen. He was, he was a uh, seven holes, ten holes. This guy is very, very nasty when he gets into the right. But the problem is, is that they're not going to be able to just use him against against uh, left-handers, and that's what seems to be going on last year with him. He had ten holes last year. He on pitched forty-five and a third, twenty-eight hits. It's not even, he's not even worthy of a, uh, wow. He had a 177 average against last year. So he was that wild in his pitching that he, uh, had a 1.32 whip, but he high ERA, pitched 60 games. So I don't know, we'll see what happens. Maybe he's gaining, maybe he's gaining some tread. And learning more as he goes on, he gets more experience, and that's what you have to hope for. So he can, so he can take a bigger part in that bullpen, besides uh, besides a left-handed reliever. You know, they'd like to see him. I'm sure they'd like to see him close at some time, or so they can trade him and get some better players. Because he seems to have what they need. And uh, so we're gonna go on to that. Just there's a Jake Brents on here. 60-day injured list. 
Um, unfortunately, I hope he's able to rebound. I don't know what he's got for an injury, but I've heard of him before. He's 28 years old. Yeah, he had a little problem last year. Eight games, five and a third. He had nine, had nine strikeouts, but he had 3.94 whip. And, um, left-hander. So, in uh, 2021, he was, he was really, really good for the Royals. 72 games, 16 holes, two saves. 64 innings, 45 hits. He had a 1.28 whip. That's a little better than 3.94. And at 197 average against. So I got to wonder if like last year's arm was just taking a major, major dying out on him. And uh, that's what it looks like to me. When you blow up like that, I mean, looks like you got some serious stuff going on with your arm. Maybe you need to go to the dock. So hopefully he's getting some things straightened out. Dylan Coleman. Wow, this guy's got some major torque. Six foot five, two hundred thirty pounds. I'm looking at his picture. He just wow. Twenty twenty two regular season. He had a two point seven eight ERA. Um, he had seventy one strikeouts in sixty eight innings. He pitched, uh, he pitched in 68 games last year. Doing some, that's doing some work. And uh, 194 average against and a 1.24 whip. Um, the first year was, uh, he did real well too. 2021, he was up in the, up in the majors for a cup of coffee. Well, hopefully this guy can keep giving him good innings and keep doing what he needs to be doing, be consistent, because it seems like some of these guys for the Royals, they experience a good year, but then they just go right back in the gutter. I believe it's good coaching can keep them out of that because they can get to the adjustments unless they're injured and make the right make the right adjustments with them. But uh, Chappy Pap, Arolis Chapman is up next. We all know he's out of Cuba. We all know that when he was younger, he touched 105 miles per hour. And it was with a baseball and not his Ferrari. Uh, they call him the Cuban Missile. He struggled last year with a uh, 36 and a third, but he had uh, pitching 43 games. He struggled, yeah, no doubt. He's with the Yankees. On the, yeah, he's with the Yankees, and they tried him to. Uh, well, I tell you what, in that eight two thousand sixteen year when he got traded over to the Cubs, he was nasty. And he he took over so many games where he just closed the teams out without even. He had brought him in, and he was, I remember the thing was against the Dodgers. It was just one swing, two swings, three swings, you're out, and on they go. 
So he's 58 innings when in 2016 he had uh, gave up 32 hits, but he struck out <laughs> struck out 90 batters and they had a 158 average against them. And he go down to uh, 2022. You know he, he struck out. He struck out 90, I'm sorry, he struck out 43 batters. And they had a 188 average against and a 1.43 whip. So, you know, it's the 4.46 ERA. It tells us, it tells a few things about his inconsistencies. And um, I just got to see something. I think he would give up a lot of dingers. Well, he gave up nine in 2021. He gave up four last year, so that's not too bad. But he gave up nine and 56 and a third. Yeah, that's horrible in 2021. That's like coming in and giving up a home run every, uh, coming, coming in and giving up a home run every 56 or every, uh, yeah, six, Six of bats, he's giving up a home run. That's not right. You, can, you guys can do the math. Well, yeah, it's not good. He had 56 and a third. He gave up nine home runs. So that's um, every six innings, he's giving up a long ball, looks like to me. And, um, you know, hopefully they didn't have any, that could be into some major trouble. There's a trust factor with the managers. And once they stop trusting, you stop pitching. And where am I going? So, I just hope that, you know, I hope Kansas City has a good year. And, you know, it seems like I'm taking a little bit of time with this stuff. But I like looking over stuff, you know. It's, and I'm still, I got a computer and it's doing really well. I'm still just getting used to the uh, moving stuff around and stuff like that. But, it's getting better, and I'm just finding my websites now that I like. I was, I was using MLB, and and uh, I went over to CBS Sports because they have more of what I want for uh, telltale factors that tell me what the heck is going on with these guys. I love, I love baseball. I'm fired up about it this year, and uh, I'm going to go to another guy by the name of Jake Kua. You know, that's the thing about baseball. Baseball is a great sport. And, um, you know, and, and I'm just going to say this. If you know baseball a little bit, you have a wonderful... I'm going to tell you that you can make a big difference with a job, too. I mean, if you know baseball a little bit, and you know somebody's a Royal fan or a Blue Jay fan or something, and you and you just talk to your, your uh, superior about it, you can you can make a good uh, impression on your superior. And I know it sounds quirky and I know it sounds corny, and, but it's not. It's about breaking ice, you know, and that's what I believe in. And I'll get you. It's, who, it's not what you do, it's who you know. And, um, you know, and that's how, that's how things happen. So if you're a nice person, you have nice things going for you, well, then you're going to do some good.
people are going to be able to trust you. Oh, yeah. All righty. So we got Taylor Clark with the uh, Royals last year. He is... He did uh he did good. Two point seven uh fantasy points. I mean he was hundred one point one eight whip, forty nine innings, forty eight strikeouts. Yeah, he did well. Fifty he gave up forty eight innings, gave up fifty hits. So he was with Arizona too and he did well. Oof. I'm been a Kentucky fried chicken in a long time. Sorry, they got an ad up here for Kentucky Pride. Man. That was some good stuff. <laughs> Anyways, so on we go. That's the uh, Kentucky Pride chicken advertisement for the day from me. So, if you go to Kentucky Pride Chicken, just mention my name and you'll be doing good. Um, Yeah, they... Clark is a guy that strikes out eight batters every nine innings. And um, he was with Arizona for three years, too. And I just, I like what he's, uh, he's, you know, he strikes out like, he strikes out over eight batters, eight batters a uh, nine innings. And what he does is uh, he doesn't give up many walks either. He's, one point he gave up one point four seven walks last year. And uh he gave up nine point one eight hits per nine. That's pretty good actually. This guy's yeah, he, he's uh, he's gonna be a key part of their bullpen. You know, being a right being a you know, being a pitcher and being a uh being the type of guy that they can trust. He's a right-handed pitcher, 29 years old. And, uh... We got another guy in here named Jose Cuas. He's a uh, six foot three, one ninety five. He's out of the Dominican, but he went to Maryland University. Um, he's a he's a turtle. You know, Maryland's had some pretty good players coming in coming in the MLB, that's for sure. And um, that's the thing is, is that it's you don't think of it as being a baseball school, but you know they're right in the heart of. Uh, Right in the heart of baseball. Of baseball uh, geography with being in Maryland with the uh, some of those guys that came from Maryland. You can name them. Anyways, what I've got here is Jose Cuas. And he throws right, bats right, like I said. And he is the, uh, he's another relief pitcher. And this year is his, uh, this year's going to be his year to shine. I think he's got potential, that's for sure. But again, 
I don't know what I'm talking about, actually. I'm going to point some things out. And, and his, uh, you know, when you look at the guy's uh, face statistics, like his, his uh, wins and losses, his ERA, how many innings he pitched, you don't really get anywhere until you get into the, uh, until you get into the, to the, to the nuts and the bolts. And that's the whip. Walks, hits, innings, pitched. 1.67. To be a relief pitcher and have 1.67 whip, that's, uh, that's deadly. You got to absolutely have a better whip than 1.67 if you want to be counted on in the bullpen. You know, and you can take the, you can take the wins and losses and all this crap and just toss it. It doesn't matter. I mean, if you're a relief pitcher and you're struggling as a reliever, you're hard to trust, and you're 28 years old. It's got to come from somewhere besides where he's bringing it from. Like I say, you know, and and I don't know what uh, he's got to find another pitch or something. But what I see too is I see Carlos Hernandez in here, and he is the. Uh, Six foot four, two fifty, and uh, we just all got to say good morning to the gata because she just woke up. What are you doing, huh? Oh, she doesn't not like the Royals, so it's not her team, and uh, she's definitely not a Carlos Hernandez fan either. What? No, you don't need to walk on that. Come on now. Yeah, well, I just got the God of you right now, so I'm not seeing much for uh, Jose Hernandez or Carlos Hernandez. All right, now where did you where did you take this to? <laughs> she's got uh, she's got a lot of ambition, but uh, she gets in a lot of trouble too. So, um, oh my God, Gata, what are you doing? All right, we got back in order here pretty quick. You know, the guy, she likes, she likes her attention too from me, so. And uh, we came up with a new thing yesterday, so we got the, even though I'm not doing this on video, we're gonna have the gotcha, we're gonna have the gotcha cam, so. You know, we gotta laugh, we gotta have some fun with this stuff and not be so serious. And, uh, I don't want to be, I don't like to have a bunch of be scatterbrained or inconsistent or inconsiderate or anything like that, but I love to laugh. You know, and usually it's because of an animal or a cat or something like that that I love. And uh, dogs are fine too, but I, I'm allergic to dogs, so there you have it. There you have the scoop on me. So anyways, with this guy, Hernandez, um, he pitched in five games last year. He started three. I'm sorry, he pitched in uh, five games 2020. I was reading off the wrong one here. So last year he, uh, he had 7.39 ERA, 1.84 whip. Yeah. Sometimes these people, these 
these guys go way too long with people. You know, he had 56 innings and he had a 1.84 whip and he had 35 strikeouts and he walked 31. He had 35 strikeouts, but he gave up 72 hits. That's when he starts seeing, that's when he starts seeing these guys tank. Horrible. So I'm hoping, you know, if he can just can find a, he's either going to have to find another occupation or he's going to have to learn how to pitch. So, unfortunately, that's the way it is. Um, I'm at the end of the rope right now, guys. So, you know, if nobody else has told you that they love you today, I do. And I say that with the courage of love. And I hope you enjoy, enjoy the preview on the Royals. Thanks. Hey, it's Todd coming to you from the Sports and Spirituality Library here in my apartment in a museum in uh, Verona, Wisconsin. And it's also the, uh, it's also another preview coming up. And I did the pictures last night for the Royals. Royals. I'm going to do the prospect rankings now. And you know, I'm probably just going to go through five of them, but I want to, uh, I want to get in and get into the uh, nuts and bolts of the whole situation that uh, that we have going here. So, you know, the Royals are on. Royals are not very much talented, so they're struggling. And uh, you know, their their history has a wonderful uh, has a wonderful World Championship happening once in a while for them, and they they've been able able they've been able to hold their own. They've been able to have great seasons, but. Lately, it's just been died because they had to decimate, gut their team, and get rid of their stars because of the uh, all the money and all that stuff. And so, unfortunately, rich get richer, poor get poorer. But I uh, just want to say is that I'm going to start with his prospects, and I'm going to start with a guy by the name of Gavin Cross for his number one overall prospect in the uh, in the system and he was a uh, he was picked in the he's he picked in the ninth slot first round by Kansas City in 2022 so reality is he's just starting to get into this uh, this thing called baseball and um, that's the thing is is that He's just coming in a pro. He's gonna be learning, but he's got he's got big credentials. You know, he's got two to eight scale, he's got fifty-five hit, fifty-five power, fifty-five run, fifty-five arm, feels it a fifty. Overall he's fifty-five, so he's got some developing to do. But he's a left-handed bat and a left-handed thrower, and that's why he's good. Um, yeah, he's a, uh, he's a big kid. You know, that's the thing about him is that he got the, uh, 6'1", 210 pounds. They estimated the time of arrival to the majors will be about 2025. And last year he had, uh, he did well last year in 29 games, 190 at-bats. He, uh, you know, he... Three tall, he had, he had an average that was three twelve and uh, ten seven zero for a OPS. That's 
phenomenal. So, I think he's gonna be he's gonna be playing the outfield for for. Uh, he might he might go back with the Fireflies. I think it's the Columbia. Yeah, the Columbia Fireflies. That's pretty cool. I like that name. These minor league these minor league names are really fun to look at. Of course, you always get the Savannah Bananas too. So. Good luck to him. Anyways, I had to have somebody point that out to me, and uh, <laughs> I, I thought it was pretty cool. Okay, this guy's a two. This guy's a bunch of Kevin Cross went to Virginia Tech, and uh, he, he had, showed the ability to uh, why he was there. You know, he's all ACC first teamer. Opened up his stance since high school days, allowing him to uh, elevate balls better and take advantage of the solid bat control. Is the possibility that he could be above average when it comes to both hit and power tools? After cutting down on strikeouts at Blacksburg, he saw his K rate creep up to 25% in single A. But his previous ability make, to make adjustments in his high walk rate at the same level. Speak well to the future in the box. I think they, uh, go based on balls and, uh, you know, the able to take pitches and stuff like that, how important that's going to be with the new rule changes because it's going to be a little bit tougher because of the, uh, of the, the amount of time you can have in the, uh, can take in the box, the amount of time you can have to make the adjustments that you need to make. And, uh, so I think this kid, this, this guy's just a, uh, Kevin Cross is going to be a, he's going to be a solid pro. I don't, he doesn't look like to me he's going to be anything great or phenomenal, but who knows? I ain't been wrong before. I will definitely be wrong again. So the number two guy that I see on here is a guy by the name of Ben Ben Kudma. And he's in single A. ETA is going to be in 2025. He's a right-handed pitcher. And he's the... Uh, The second round pick and uh, number 43 overall in 2021. ETA for him is 2025. He's got a fastball speed at 60, slider 55, change up 55. Uh, controls a 50 overall 50. Um, I don't see this guy being any type of ace or anything anytime soon from what I'm reading. I'm thinking that maybe uh, Kansas City got a little tight on the money or he's just drafting people to uh, appease the, uh, the situation of their financial situation. Um, I hope I'm wrong because you never know, but it's just the fact that, you know, he, he's coming in here the 60, he's coming in here the fastball that's a 60. So basically I take, uh, I take that as being his fastball is probably about a 90. 
and uh, 90 miles. It was probably about 89 to 92 miles per hour, I would say. Let's take a look. You know, it doesn't matter about speed, but what it matters is can you get good movement on it so you can offset the batter's uh, so you can offset the batter's eye and stride. Um, that's the thing that I see a lot of times is that sometimes they sometimes, yeah, sometimes it's just one big struggle um, for these guys. You know, they pitched 72 innings last year, 32 walks, 61 strikeouts, and he's like he was a fire flyer again, so, you know, they always bring more light to the stadium if you get enough of them, those fireflies. 17 games, 17 games started, 72 and a third, 66 hits. He did pretty decent with the uh, home run ball. He only gave up, he gave up four home runs in 72 innings, 32 walks. 32 walks is, uh, yeah, it's not bad. It's pretty good. 62 Ks. That's what I see with uh, with Kudma is that his ability, he's, it's all going to be on his ability to grow and be able to, in his maturation process. Now, do I think he's going to have the maturation process of uh, Mariano Rivera? When all of a sudden one day he's throwing 88 miles an hour and he's all of a sudden he starts throwing 97 with intense movement and he's been throwing the same way. You know, that's not an act of God. I don't know what it is. And that guy deserves it. He's great. He's a great man. And uh, I enjoyed reading up on him over this winter. So yeah, he's a 3.48 ERA, 17 games, 17 games started. 72 and a third, 61 Ks, 1.35 walks. Um, so yeah, that's a, this is this guy that could be a, uh, you know, it's, it's the type of thing with him too, is he can be a workhorse for you. All these 6'3", 375 pounds. He's not exactly a big dude, but you know, he's he definitely doesn't matter. He can definitely put some innings in the books, um, and that's what I see with a lot of these guys that come up through the system. And uh, they come up through the system, and it definitely is a usually it's a problem. But that's what I've seen before is that guys like Kudma and, uh, you know, they, sometimes these, these teams just throw, throw all their, throw all the buckets in a hat and they you always know, just start throwing the prospects of one guy. But one guy I'm thinking about that this guy is reminding me of this Kudma is, uh, Zach Greinke. Same type of build, same type of, uh, same type of velocity. You know, it's in, in pitchers develop more velocity as they go. As I was just talking about Rivera. But uh, I'm going to go on to another guy here. His, his name is Mikel Garcia. Oh. Boys, you guys better get him in the, uh, you guys better get him to the table. 
Six feet, 145 pounds. Holy smokes. I passed 143. I passed 145 when I was two. Um, 2022 season and uh, playing shortstop. He was with Kansas City for 22 at-bats. So it's a small sample size, 7, 12 OPS. And, you know, I just, what it gets down to for me is that yeah, he's going to be back with the uh, he'll be back in the uh, he'll be back in there again this year and uh, you know he'll be back in Omaha this year I could see and I believe he's going to have a I believe he's still going to have a lot of developing to go because that 145 usually doesn't mean that much but you're 145 and you start playing out in the heat every day and um, you get pretty tired and uh, your body just doesn't hold up. So I hopefully the trainer's got a good eye on them and stuff like that and they can uh, they can help him with you know putting weight on and good weight on you know muscle. no uh, you know staying out and eating drinking drinking a bunch of beer and uh, with some straight one but you know. Getting the getting the wrong weight on is what I'm trying to say. He wants me to have muscle weight. So what I can see is I can definitely see the fact that um, it sounds like Wednesday Nick Prato, Michael Garcia, as well as catcher. Ready for me. We're sent down. You know, it was on the 22nd of March, so that's about a week and a half ago. The thing is, is that all three were in the mix to make the opening day roster. So perhaps long shots, based on what they said on the depth chart, the messaging to them upon receiving the news was that they should expect to be in Kansas City at some point this season. Yeah, I'd say it's, it's a good idea for them to be uh, down there. And Garcia was the number three prospect by MLB Pipeline. Royals, number three prospect. But he hit 355, hit 375 uh, on base in a 516, 30 on the bats this spring. That's good. That gets some people's attention. Best known for his defense at short. I don't know. I'm seeing him in this uh, in this film, and he looks he's a little be he's a little more solid than 145. So I think a lot of times what they do is they take these guys average when they sign they take their weight and they put their weight down, and uh, then they don't put how much then they don't put when they gain weight. So yeah, this guy is going to be a definite prospect for how, how big he looks, and I'm letting him hit, and I'm like, jeez. He's got a great swing for right-hander, and he's getting his whole body into it. Um, so I could see him being up there, and then uh, we're going to get bought uh, There's another guy on here, too, I always just talk about, too, since I got this article up. 
Nick Prato plays gold glove caliber defense at first base. The Royals are hopeful that he can show enough with his bat early on in Omaha so they can promote him to Kansas City to play first. And have Vinny Pasquantino serve as the designated hitter. He's got a lot of upside too for hitting. Um, but yeah, this guy's going to be a... Uh, He's going to be a guy that's going to be worth keeping an eye on. So, he, I think he's going to do, I think he's been doing the milkshakes already from the way he looks. And Fermin is 28 years old. He serves as a backup catcher with Sal Perez behind the plate. Now, MJ Melendez playing mostly in the outfield. Some starts to catcher. But the club wants Melendez to continue to improve as a catcher. Uh, he posted a negative 18 defensive run save for Pangraph. was negative 25, box above average. Catching has seen improvement in Melendez's technique this spring, but he'll be tested this regular season. I don't think he's too good at catching. They might be better off playing him in the left field. Outfield. It seems like all... all seems like... Quite a few of the major league teams are are willing to wait on a catcher longer than they uh, than what they usually do, and that's what I see with uh, see with some of these catchers now. Um, you know, it's, it's so Michael Garcia is going to be probably getting called up this year, and good for him. And uh, what I'm saying though is that. Nick Lofton is a utility player. And um, he's number four. You don't see that that much. But utility utility players are, pretty, are very important. And uh, he put 27 pounds of muscle on this this uh, this year. And I believe he's the... Uh, he's going to become a hell... He's going to become a heck of a good player. You know, it's it's the thing is for him is let me take a look at his bio here quick and give a little bit more information. He's five foot eleven, uh, hundred and eighty pounds. He was the uh composition thirty second pick and uh twenty twenty three estimated time of arrival. Lofton is viewed as a well-rounded player, was one of the highest fours in 2020 college draft class. And the Royals selected him the number 32 overall pick out of Baylor before signing him to a $3 million bonus. Lofton has been a true super utility player in his professional career, playing all three infield positions in 21 and taking over center field in double A last year. Moving more to third base and triple A to finish the season. He hit 254 with a 736 OPS, 17 homers between the two teams in 2022. He's as versatile as they come, both offensively and defensively. Contact hitter, sneaky pop. But a plus runner, he can play nearly anywhere in the field. What I see with this guy is the fact that 
he's very good at quite a few of the things he does. But he still needs an improvement. So what the Royals are going to be looking for is they're going to be looking for exceptional in areas of, uh, in some of these, especially the areas of hitting on offense because, you know, that's quite frankly what the Royals need right now. And uh, they need pitching, they need hitting, and they need these guys, guys anywhere they can possibly be. Um, like I said, he's a hit, 50. And this is on 20 to 80, you know. Usually scout 20 to 80. He's a hit. He can 50 for a hit. He's got 40. 40 for power. So that's, he's not doing real well there. But he can run it. He's a 55 for the run. He's got arms of 55. Fields of 55. And overall is a 50. I'm thinking of some guy. The name of Tony Graffinino. He used to play for the Royals, he used to play for the Brewers, he played for quite a few different teams. But you know, he was a he he was he was a good utility player, but he did nothing very spectacular, but he he had a good career in the major leagues that way. And, you know, sometimes they make stupidity and I've heard it so many times out of as these guys can play all over the field and all of a sudden they got him pitching and you know, I just the Brewers do that. I just say it's nothing but a, it's nothing but a, it's nothing but a seat for them to sell. That this guy can be uh, to sell it to somebody, so this guy can come in and uh, you know, like he's his favorite player and all this stuff. And it, it makes makes me ill because it's like go get really need somebody for that position. Go get somebody better. And sometimes it's really not too hard to find somebody better. Yeah, he built up 20 pounds over this since the uh, by the start of spring. Outstanding, exceptional. I wish him well, but sometimes I uh, I question uh, I question these prospects. Let's just put it that way. I question each, each and every one of these guys. Caden Wallace, take a look at him. It's 21. He's 21 years old. He's he's uh, ATA is 20-25. He's going to be at a, a ball this year. 5'10", 205. He's drafted in 2020 because of his commitment. Wallace made immediate impact in Arkansas. When he signed the freshman home run record, 14, held by former first-round picks Zach Cox and Heston Kirstead. Kirstead. After he led Arkansas to the College World Series, Royals made Wallace the draft-eligible sophomore their second-round pick and gave him $1.7 million bonus. He made his pro debut last summer with three games in the Arizona Complex League before moving up to Single A Columbia. He slashed 293, 379, 466. So he hit, his average was 293. On base, average was 379, 467 for power, 466 for power numbers. 
um, slugging power. And yeah, I'm, I'm going to look at this and I'm going to take this apart again. I'm sorry, but 379 is really is a uh, is a good is a good number for being on base. But when you're coming through the minors and stuff like that, they expect more power than a 466. Uh, it's average to me, and uh, you know when you're slashing, you're not going to hit much for average. But uh, yeah, he's he's going to have to develop some. He's going to have to develop. He's going to have to develop into a stronger hitter because he's playing going to be playing third base. And uh, I hate to be a Donnie Thomas, hate to be negative, but he's and he sounds like he can play a good third base too. So these guys can develop over time. I'm not saying it's their final. I'm not saying that's their final judgment or nothing like that. But you know, he's he's a young kid. He played at Arkansas. He's been in the competition before. He's been in the heat of the competition before. Um, so what they're going to be doing with him is working on his uh, working on his swing, recognizing the pitches he had. To, he had he can do damage with to let that power play. The strong arm, good instincts, pressing the Royals in fall with his third base defense. Wallace is about an average runner, but will be able to steal bases. Yeah, no doubt. So, time will tell. You'll make it or you'll break it, right? All right, so I'm going to end right there with that, uh, with a prospect look. And I'm just going to say is that if nobody else has told you they love you today, I do. In order to uh, wish each and every one of you and give you the power of love.